It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back. Locked on 76ers. It's Tuesday, October the 29th. I'm coming to you guys from Atlanta, Georgia. Hot Atlanta, as I explained to you guys yesterday. It's a good day for the 76ers. The 76ers defeated the Atlanta Hawks last night, 105 to 103. And what was a thrilling game? So in the first segment, we're going to talk about Joel Embiid, Brett Brown called him in the preseason. They said that he was the crown jewel. Well, Big Joe was the crown jewel last night. He had 36 points, 13 rebounds. He had five assists, three steals, one block. He did have seven turnovers, which is kind of bad, but doing all the other things he did, I'm overlooked those seven turnovers. I am. So Joel Embiid dominated, so I want to talk about that in the first segment. The second segment, I would like to talk about the Sixers' defense on Trey Young. Trey Young came into the game averaging an NBA best 38.5 points. The Sixers held them to 25. Now, some of you may say, you're talking about Pompey. Yeah, that was 13 points and a half less than what he's averaging. But 25 is nothing to sneeze at. True. But when you factor in that 13 of his points came in the first quarter, and you factor in that he shot 3 for 13 in the final three quarters, 1 for 8 in the second half, they shut him down. I mean, he got off early, but they made some adjustments. And after they made some adjustments, he really couldn't do what do anything. And thirdly, we're going to talk about this team's fate. They played three games. The first one against Boston. You know, Boston just wasn't making shots. The Sixers also played some pretty good D. But in the second, they won. 
in the second game, they were down 13 in the third quarter. Brett Brown calls a timeout. It turns into the Tobias Harris show. And then in the fourth quarter, the Al Horford-Ben Simmons show. The Sixers win. Last night, they faced some adversity as well. And they came back and they pulled it out. So this team seems like a team of destiny. But the first thing I want to talk about is Joel Embiid. Now, a lot of you guys remember or know that Joel didn't play in, in Saturday's game against Detroit because of a sprained right ankle. Um, it was one of those things where he was questionable for tonight's game. Now, the one thing I found out about Joel a lot of times, when Joel is listed as questionable the day of a game, meaning they have shoot around or what have you, and they say, hey, Joel is questionable. Joel went through the shoot around. You might as well go to the bank or go to Vegas or go to Atlantic City Casino. Sorry, y'all. I'm not a gambler, so I'm just <laughs> just throwing out stuff. But you just go somewhere and say, bet on it that Joel's going to play. Now, there has been some incidents that is not true or that he decided not to. But for the most part, Joel's going to play. And when they say it's questionable, I always thought of it as, hey, if we have a setback, we'd rather say that it's questionable and have a setback. And people are like, hmm. Or if we say he's probable or he's going to play and then he doesn't play, it kind of draws more attention to it. So I'm just here to tell you that I was under the belief that he was going to play no matter what. All right? So... Anyway, he comes out. In the first half, he shoots six for seven. You know, he was balling. I mean, Joel shoots six for seven. You know, he's doing everything he can. But the thing is, it was one of those things where, you know, I'm not saying everyone was eating, but it was more of a team thing. And they just didn't look that well, the team. Like, he had 19 points at the half. He had four rebounds. Four turnovers, he had three assists, he had two steals and a block, right? So, Joel was good. But then the second half comes, right? The second half comes. You know, you could look at it like, okay, Joe, you know, the second half comes. You know, yeah, you're playing okay. You know, you're doing things, but you're getting more opportunities, right? And believe me, y'all, he made the most of them. Now, he didn't shoot with the same percentage, but he, he shot he shot six for twelve in the last two quarters. After going six for seven in the first half, like I told you, his twelve shot attempts were three more than Harris's attempt. All right, attempt. The small forward had the second most shot attempts by any player on both teams in the second half. Nine of MB's rebounds also came after an admission. He took over the game with the Sixers down 98-92 with four minutes, two seconds left. That's when he scored six straight points on, um, on a pair of foul shots, a cutting dunk, and a turnaround hook to pull his team in within one point, 99-98 with 309 left. 
Then he picked the Sixers up for good for his foul shots with 5.3 seconds left, right? And after the game, Joel broke it down. He said, this is just something that I worked on all summer. Of taking over, He said, of taking over the fourth quarter. You have to have the body for that and be able to get into position, especially in the fourth quarter. Somebody had to step up, and I felt like that was me. Now, he did step up big time. I mean, he did a lot of things. I mean, he got teed up for his dunking on John Collins and then doing a shimmy. Then Trey Young got teed up for taking exception to what MB did and was complaining with the refs. But you know what? Brett Brown was right when he called him the crown jewel. I mean, he was. You know, the thing about Joel Embiid is that when you look at the Sixers team, I mean, we all know it. We all know that this is a dominant team. We all know that it's a, 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 a deep starting lineup, a balanced starting lineup. But let's be real. Joel Embiid has to play well, especially in the playoffs, for this team to go far. Now, I do believe that the Sixers, the Sixers still need to bring a scorer off the bench. But Joel has to be the guy. And he exerted himself as the guy. I'm not surprised, nor should you be. But tonight was just a night where he displayed his grit, his toughness, and just let everyone know why he is arguably the best center in the NBA. Right? This was just one of these nights. And when you listen to Brett Brown at the end on Embiid's play, this is what Brett said. He is our crown jewel in a blatant way tonight. Or he was our crown jewel in a blatant way tonight. We have talent, no doubt. But he emerged in significant ways throughout the game. I thought that he and we did a pretty good job of executing the play at the end of the game. Trying to find ways to get him either straight up or in a high-low. And we were able to do that. Joel carried us tonight, and we needed him tonight, particularly offensively. And Brown is right. Because when you look at it, guys like Tobias Harris, right, guys like Al Horford, they struggled tonight. Now, as great guys do or great players do, they stepped up and performed well in the fourth quarter and made some clutch plays to help the Sixers win this game. But they struggled overall. And Joel Embiid had to be that guy. He was the guy that kept the 76ers in this game. He was the guy who won the game for them, right? I mean, he iced it. Now, he iced the game for them. I mean, not even iced it. He won it. He won it from the foul line. Now, they did have a scare at the end when... um, when Vince Carter, you know, took it the length, basically, and, and, and missed a shot at the buzzer, like a three at the buzzer, to that would have won, won, won the game. But, you know, Joel was balling. Joel did what he had to do. When we get right back, we'll talk about Trey Young. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. 
Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so Trey Young comes into this game. You know, he's the guy. 38.5 points per game. I mean, he's just balling. He's taking names. You know, one game he has 38, the other game he has 39. I mean, he's just taking names and, you know, doing what else with it against the Orlando Magic and the Detroit Pistons, right? And he was killing the Sixers in the first quarter, like I alluded to earlier. He had 13 points on four for seven shooting. Oh, they shut him down after that. I mean, the third quarter, you know, Ben Simmons gets a lot of credit for switching on to him in the fourth quarter. But I also felt that the job that the Sixers did to him in the third quarter was huge as well. I mean, he went 0 for 4 from the field and didn't score a single point in the third quarter. 0 for 4, right? Now, and then in the fourth quarter, he comes and he scores six points in the fourth. He's one for four. He makes several foul shots and this and that. But here, I'm here to tell you, the defensive plan that the Sixers had was wonderful. Now, some people may say that Trey Burke is a young guy, I mean, a smaller guard, which is true. You know, the Sixers are long and athletic, which is true. So they should be able to dominate a guy like that. I mean, I get where you're coming from, but let's not, like, discount what he did in the previous two games. And 38 points in the NBA game is 38 points in the NBA game. You know, some people may say, hey, look at the Orlando Magic. Look at that young roster. Well... It's young, but the Magic made the playoffs last year. You know, so what are you talking about? And then you look at the Detroit Pistons. You know, Detroit is expected to make the playoffs this year. So it were two quality wins of by um, Trey Burke and his team. But then it came down to it, and he just couldn't do anything against the Sixers. I mean, he talked about their length. He talked about their athleticism. He talked about their defensive-minded players at the end of the game, you know. And 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 that's um, that was the difference, you know. It was. And um, but you know, the Sixers is we need to get used to this. Like again, I keep saying it. They need a scorer off the bench. They do. But right now, for what they're doing. As far as the defense they're providing to people, I mean, they're going to be successful. I mean, they are. Right now, they got the best record in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I get it. It's only three games. But someone has to be here for number one. Someone does. Someone does. So, you know, that's what the Sixers are. You know, Trey Burke. Uh, called him Trey Burke. I've been waiting. I've been saying I was going to do that all day. I was saying that. I was saying that. I was saying that. But Trey Young, 
You know, he ran into a buzzsaw. He did. He ran into a buzzsaw. But, hey, look, he's still second in the NBA in scoring. His scoring average dropped down to 34 points, which isn't something to sneeze at. I expect it to continue to drop just because it's 82 games and it's hard to sustain the scoring. But, you know, he played a pretty good game. The Sixers, I mean, he played a pretty good first quarter. And then after that, the Sixers took him out of his game. When we'll be right back, we're going to talk about the Sixers kind of being invincible. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, here's the thing about the Sixers, y'all. You know, I look at this Sixers squad, and you guys heard me say it twice before, but I think they needed a scorer or a shooter to come off the bench, right? But this team is basically showing a will to win. You know, against Boston, they came back. They didn't look good at one point. And they came back and ended up getting a double-digit victory. The same uh, uh, against, uh, against Detroit. They were down 13 and ended up getting a six-point victory. And then to, last night, oh, they struggled mightily. They couldn't make any shots. They couldn't make any stops. It was just too easy for Atlanta. Too easy. The Sixers looked like an old squad. They looked like a squad that didn't have any identity. Yeah, Joel was getting his. But no one else was. And it wasn't like they were really going to him more so than anyone else. But in the second half. You knew it was the Joel Embiid show. They went at him. They went through him like he was the all-star that he is. And when you look at this, you say to yourself, man, three tough games, three performances, and three gutting-out victories that the Sixers never did before. Not like this. I mean, at one point, I was thinking like, oh, well, here we go again. They're going to lose. Nope. This team showed a lot of grit. Team showed a lot of heart. And they pulled it out. And a lot had to do with Embiid, of course. But a lot had to do with everybody stepping up. I mean, I talked about it. Al Horford, he played hell of a game defensively. He grabbed rebounds offensively. He just wasn't. He wasn't. He was a non-factor scoring off the ball. You talk about Tobias Harris, who couldn't hit the side of a barn early on. But in that fourth quarter, he came back to life. Came back to life. You know? So when you factor all this stuff in, 
and you see what what's going on, you have to say that this Sixers team is good. They have the best record in the East. Three and zero start for the first time since the thirteen fourteen season. I mean, they're balling. They're playing well. And they look like they're going to go far in the playoffs. Again, I still think they need a shooter or a scorer off the bench. But what I've seen thus far is very impressive. I want to thank you guys for listening and have a great day. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.